0: Bankless Nation, we got an extra show for you today. Here we got a panel of cross-chain experts. We got Zachy Mannion from Cosmos, we got Steven Goldfeder from Arbitrum, and new to Bankless, Sergei Gorbanov from Axelar. Axelar is a newer IBC chain on the scene. It's been around for a while, but it's new to me. Uh, and it is working on interchain composability. So not only is the world of Cosmos and IPZ chains, a world of interoperable mesh network of Cosmos Layer 1s. But also Axlar specifically is working on interoperability beyond the IBC realm. Uh, and so the announcement going out today is that Axelar's new technology, what they are calling general message passing, is connecting the world of Arbitrum to the world of Cosmos, which is why Steven Goldfeder from Arbitrum is on this panel as well. So previously, we have been skeptical at Bankless about cross-chain bridges. Uh, generally the position that everyone that we've seen so far is fundamentally insecure. And I am still cautiously optimistic about Axelar, but there is a lot of new technology that they are bringing to the table. And so they are able to produce what seems to be a meaningful integration between Cosmos and Arbitrum that has both communities pretty excited and uh, according to Sergey from Axelar, the interconnections between different chains doesn't stop there, because if you can connect the IBC language of Cosmos to the EVM language of Ethereum, you can actually kind of connect any languages from any blockchain, or at least that's the idea. And so if you are into the world of the many layer one landscape with with bridges connecting all these things, this episode is definitely for you. And so we're going to get right into that conversation with Zachy, Steven, and Sergey. But first, before we talk to Zachy, Steven, and Sergey on this show, we're going to talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible, especially Kraken, our strategic sponsor for 2023, who if no matter what chain you choose or no matter what asset you prefer, it's all on Kraken. And so if you do not have an account with Kraken, perhaps consider going and signing up for one now. So we're going to go here from Kraken right now. Let's go. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I used to check the charts and the crypto prices even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning fast trade execution all inside their spiffy new modular interface. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out join thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com Com to get started today bankless is launching the bankless token hub At Bankless, we've been studying the crypto markets ever since 2017, and all of our research has led us to this, the Token Hub. You're a one-stop shop for alpha to help you navigate through the crypto markets. Have you ever wished for a trusted resource that would share their thoughts, ratings, and their opinions about tokens? Boy, do we have the product for you. The Bankless Token Hub is where we provide bankless citizens with the alpha on the hottest tokens in crypto. We do the research so you don't have to. The Bankless Token Hub includes the token ratings, where our team shares their research and outlook on the hottest tokens tokens in crypto. Also, the token hub includes Bankless Bags, our own internal investment club. Bankless Bags is where we put our money where our mouth is. And for the bankless power user out there, you can access the analyst team 24/7 inside the Bankless Nation Discord. You can ask them questions and learn from a group of people deep in the weeds of crypto investing. The last feature of the token hub is the ability to upvote or downvote token ratings. The Bankless Token Hub lets you learn from your fellow citizens to rate these tokens yourselves. The Bankless Token Hub is launching right now and has already been beta tested by your fellow Bankless citizens. So stay tuned in the Bankless Discord for updates. And if you're not a Bankless citizen, well, you better sign up if you want access because this corner of Bankless is available for citizens only. I'll see you in the Discord. If you haven't yet experienced the superpowers that a smart contract wallet gives you, Check out Ambire. Ambire works with all the EVM chains, the layer twos like Arbitrum, Optimism, and Polygon, but also the non-Ethereum ecosystems like Avalanche and Phantom. Ambire lets you pay for gas and stablecoins, meaning you'll never have to spend your precious ETH again. And if you like self-custody, but you still want training wheels, you can recover a lost Ambire wallet with an email and password, but without giving the Ambire team control over your funds. The Ambire wallet is coming soon for both iOS and Android. And if you want to be a beta tester, Ambire is airdropping their wallet token for simply just using the wallet. You can sign up at ambire.com. And while you're there, sign up for the web app wallet experience as well. So thank you, Ambire, for pushing the frontier of smart contract wallets on Ethereum. Bankless Nation, we have two returning guests and one new one. Zachy Mannion from Cosmos. Zachy, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. And Stephen Goldfeder from Arbitrum. What's up, Stephen? How's it going?
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And also the new entrant into the Bankless Nation, we have Sergey Gorbanov from Axelar. And this is the, the center of this announcement. Sergey, welcome to Bankless.
2: Hey, good to be here.
0: So today we're, we're talking about chains and bridges and a particular new type of expressive bridge that Axelar is bringing to the table. So Sergey, since you're the new one of the bunch to, to the Bankless uh, podcast, uh, could you just explain a little bit about Axelar, what it is and you can just tee us up for this announcement that we are going to be talking about here on this episode today.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, high-level Axler is a network that connects other networks, right? So it's a decentralized uh, you know, blockchain technology that allows you to connect different layer 1s and layer 2s and send information across them, right? And so uh, we build a kind of a full stack of interoperability that allows you to compose your applications across different ecosystems, right? So you can have smart contracts on one chain, talk to smart contracts on another chain, and really enable kind of very simple uh developer and user experience to interact with multi-chain ecosystem that we live in now, right? And so Axel is a decentralized layer that you know enables a lot of this functionalities.
0: And Axelar is a Cosmos IBC chain. Uh and so like many of the other Cosmos IBC chains, it just fits right in into that mesh network landscape of Cosmos chains, correct?
2: That's right, yeah, so Axlar is powered by kind of a Tenderman, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, rules around the consensus have been customized to go beyond Cosmos, right? So be able to connect different ecosystems like Ethereum, like, you know, Layer 1s, like Arbitrum Optimism, and so on and so forth, and kind of really be the, the connector across different software language stacks.
0: Right, so this is, this is where the explanation for Axlar kind of gets a little funny because we have Cosmos, which is a network of chains, and then we have Axelar, which is supposed to connect the Cosmos network of chains to other chains. So can you, can you just like open up that that can of worms and, and help explain that a little bit?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Cosmos has been built, right, with interoperability mindset at its core, right? And so kind of IBC protocol, you know, can be used quite well to connect a lot of the Cosmos ecosystems, right? Uh, but, the, but the reason IBC works and everything else is because the Cosmos stack has been designed with interoperability in mind, right? So IBC is kind of a very uh, native to the Cosmos ecosystem. All of the chains speak the same language. And so, you know, IBC helps you put uh, packets back and forth across them. Now, if you want to go outside of Cosmos, right, to EVM chains, you know, to Arbitrum and so on and so forth, you have to speak a different language, right? And you have to have a different protocol in mind to connect those chains, right? And so this is where Axelo comes in, right? So our protocol, you know, can be used to connect an arbitrary EVM stack um, you know, and then uh, be able to compose those ecosystems with each other, right, and with other sir, Cosmos chains, right? So, and you can think of Axelar acting as a sort of a translation layer in that in that process, right? So, you have messages of transactions that can be executed on uh, EDM chains that can uh, be translated into the sort of the packet formats or messages that can be executed on Cosmos chains and vice versa. Right. And so Axela sort of allows you to connect these software stacks that speak very different languages and, you know, sort of unite them together. So, uh, previously,
0: generally on, on Bankless, we were critical of cross layer one bridges, uh, generally as a form factor, we kind of think as a, as a structural pattern that they are insecure. Um, they tend to kind of collapse down to just a multi sig. Uh, so, how, how is Axelar different in that respect?
2: Yeah. So, can Axelar is one of the only, you know, one of the very few networks that's sort of fully decentralized and the powers, you know, interoperability, right? So, it's powered by, you know, Tendermint. It's an open, you know, valid data set. Anybody can participate, anybody can join, you know, and security is something we took very seriously kind of from the ground up, right? So, a decor core networking layer, you know, the network is decentralized, it has, you know, robust, Security policies like quadratic voting, right, for process and cross-chain requests, you know, validator key rotations and so on and so forth. So that's sort of the base layer, right? It's a very secure, very decentralized network. Um, on top of it, you know, if you're thinking about security for cross-chain, you have to have very robust engineering practices, right? So everything from, you know, we've done over 40 audits on the network, right? Multi-million dollar bug bounties, you know, lots of rigorous like unit tests and so on and so forth. So, so you have to have the operational you know, um, excellence, right? If you want to ship anything cross-chain. Um, you know, and the final, what I call is like application layer security add-ons, right? So if you are transferring value between chains, then in your code, right? Or in your uh, functionality, you may want to have things like rate limits, right? That would prevent, you know, worst case disaster attacks, you know, the networking layer. Um, so that's how we think about security, kind of a from the ground up. Uh, full stack approach, making sure you have multiple r- robustness, um, you know, uh, protocols in place uh, throughout it. And, and the, res- the end of it can be actually a very, very secure, you know, and, and scalable architecture. Um, you know, and the, the final point I'll mention there, kind of a new paradigms, things like, you know, general message passing that we have a lot of applications building with actually enable you to build different class of applications that don't rely on explicitly token bridges right? Don't rely on token transfer in particular. And those designs can be a lot more secure. And, you know, we can go into the details of it, but I'd say that's the new wave of how cross-chain um, applications will be built out is using kind of general message passing paradigms that enable a very new architecture and design space that's more secure by default.
0: And that that's the subject matter of the announcement that's going out of Axelar today, correct? That—that That is the the big thing. So like, there, there's a big thing happening. There's an announcement that Axlar is making. It's called uh, Sommelier. Is that correct? Sommelier. Sommelier. I'm not French. Uh, sommelier. Should be. Um, so, so, Zachy, maybe maybe I'll, I'll turn to you. Can since you're the one wearing the uh, Sommelier shirt. Uh, yeah. What is so, this announcement? And technically, what does it do?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, co-founder of Sommelier. Sommelier is a project that I started with my uh, with Christy, uh, my co-founder, back in like sort of early 2021 right around the time when IBC was launching um but it was really you know it's been a passion project about the combination of ethereum defi and evm defi and cosmos tech so the idea was to build us a, a decentralized active strategy manager so like essentially like think of it as yearn 2.0 um mm-hmm. it was like you want to ha- because urine strategies. Anyone who's used them has seen a pattern. You know, you start out APYs are really high. You put more as more money comes into them, the 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 returns get diluted, um, and you got to and you've got to pivot to the next urine strategy. And it's just sort of this uh, sort of endless process. And so wanted to build a, a, a protocol for strategies that adapt, evolve over the time, but didn't give up decentralization. And it was always sort of a core value for me that like. We wouldn't be bridging tokens. Bridging tokens super hard to do well, and a lot of risk, right? There's all this risk associated with it. But what we wanted, what we thought, realized is by bridging essentially data and rebalances, um, like sort of trades, we could manage the trades on the Cosmos side. So you could have like strategy signal providers um, that are, you know, DeFi experts talking to validators. Those validators agree on uh, and process. Proposed trades before they happen. Like they agree and it gets bridged over. So we've been using our own bridge for over a year um, to run our strategies. And we have like we have two strategies right now that collectively have about 17 million TVL. We have the best stablecoin yield on Ethereum, real yield USD, uh, and the best ETH denominated yield on Ethereum, uh, real yield ETH. Um, these two strategies are these adaptive market, adaptive strategies. They can scale, they can do, they can allocate into multiple strategies. They don't have to compromise decentralization for this and they never bridge the tokens. So, you know, you, uh, you aren't taking this like security risk of the bridge when you use the system, Mm -hmm. but like the, the hottest place to be in DeFi right now where all of our strategists are like, where, how can we get on Arbitrum? When can we get on Arbitrum? Uh, uh, You know, it's clearly the coolest, hottest place to be in DeFi, right? Uh, Most protocols, most exciting stuff, lots of volume, lots of TVL. Um, And so been looking for what would be the right way of doing that um, and have been keeping an eye on Axelor for a long time. um, And realized that this composability between IBC and uh, EVM was possible and realized you know we could almost we could in a very short order get access to the ability to run our strategies you know sommelier strategies on arbitrum and you know many other evm uh and like you know it's like i mean people don't really know this about me that i've been you know building this massive like a very large scale very sophisticated ethereum project i'm like you know we just joined the erc 4626 alliance where we're like we're i'm like basically an ETH DeFi maxi at this point like Uh, And like, love using it. Um, And uh, yeah, so this was like huge enabling technology. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, it took us basically two years to get Sommelier to like full maturity and a lot of money and a lot of time. But like, the next generation of builders, the builders who come after all of this can just use Axelor and immediately take like combine Cosmos tech and ETH tech to build something like bigger, better, amazing in like, you know, months.
0: Okay. So my understanding of this so far is that Axelar Cosmos IBC chain fits right into the Cosmos IBC ecosystem. And then we have Arbitrum with this very vibrant DeFi ecosystem on the other side. And these things are disparate. They are disconnected. While Axelar does have cross-chain communication capabilities, I don't think that they are meaningfully differentiated from bridging from, from the cross train bridges that, that bankless has previously been uh concerned about but this is when some sommelier, sorry sommelier <laughs> sorry zach it was sommelier uh, i might Somm. have to do that a third time some <laughs> and th- but this is where som comes in and, and changes the game correct so just at a high level brush
3: stroke that's that's what we're talking about is that a, is that a way to, to Yeah, this? I mean well we're like the first of what is a category of applications right okay I don't think the bridge applications of tomorrow and today really look like the bridge applications of the past. Like Mm -hmm. the bridges of the past were like, okay, I need to like, I want to go like ape into this, like high APY tool on like some weird chain. I'm going to like bridge my stable coins or my other coins over. And like, that's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's been the bridging experience of, you know, the last two years. Um, what sommelier is, is like, no, we're getting you the best ETH native yield. We're gonna get you the best Arbitrum native yields. We're gonna get you the best. Ah. We're not sucking your liquidity into some new ecosystem. We're making your liquidity more effective, more efficient, more powerful in its in where it's natively. Um, so you know, uh for for arbitrum native DeFi protocols, all like the GMX's, the uh the options protocols. The uh, the camelot dexes of the world were building optimized experiences there using the cross chain tech.
0: Okay, so I think I misspoke. So S- some is a DeFi app. It's in it's an yeah. application. It's in the application layer. And so yeah. I misspoke when I said that it is the thing doing the magical bridging.
3: What, yeah. the, <laughs> the magical ma- what bridging is, is Axelar. We right. are we are the application layer of. And like, we're the application layer that's really highlighting what can be done now.
0: Yeah. So Sergey, where, where just, is this? Just to add, uh,
3: go for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, just, just to add to that, right? Like, so traditional like Axler has been kind of composing Cosmos and a lot of EVM chains for the, one of the you know exciting applications was the bridging, moving tokens around, right? Um, and I think like, like Zach I said, I think sort of moving tokens around is, is cute, but it's kind of a turned, You know humans into manual routers right that they have to move their tokens back and forth just to use one application right and so you know i think what we're doing like with the upgrade for the general message passing what means what it means is that you can have applications on cosmos you can have applications you know on arbitrum that can talk to one another by issuing contract calls and sending messages right and so what that enables you is to have liquidity wherever you want it to be but manage the contracts and manage and compose the applications, you know, in the same way as you could compose them if they were all like on Arbitrum, right? But certain applications, you know, could not be built on a layer one or layer two on its own, like Sommelier, it needs its own validator set, it, it has its own uh, security to model and things like that. So those, those need like separate stacks, but now they can have the same level of composability with all the applications and, you know, all the liquidity on these chains as if they were actually reside in there. So I think that's, you know, that's the exciting part. And sort of that's the the general message sort or paradigm, right? That we kind of open it up between these two software stacks.
0: So I was talking to to Zachy before the show, and we were talking about just like the war against non-interoperability. And I called it like a front, right? A front that you, we need to advance. In order to create interoperability, and there's like marginal improvements. You get you get cross chain bridges. You get some some language efficiencies. You get you get to improve. And uh, so I was trying to like weight the magnitude of what is being announced today, which is just to make it really specific. Axlar's general messaging passaging is the announcement that we are talking today. The, the GMP. Uh, and so like the the answer that he gave me was like, I was trying to measure it between like a small incremental step and like a breakthrough that we've never seen before in the world of crypto economics. And so I'll, I'll throw that question to to you, uh, to Sergey. The The general gist I'm getting is like, this is a large step forward. It's not, it's not like a zero to one breakthrough moment that we have totally upended the world of crypto economics, but this is not just a, an incremental improvement. H- help me understand like how big of a deal this is for the world of, of cross-chain interoperability.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time where you can have, very two different software stacks, right? Like a VM stack and a Cosmos stack being fully composable with one another, right? Um, you know, through Excel and through the through the general message passage. On EVM land, you know, it's much easier to compose things, you know, and I've sort of been doing like general message passing there. But across different software stacks like Cosmos and EVM, it's you know it's much harder to do, right? Um, you know, like like Zachy said, they sort of spent you know kind of a t- two years building the initial version that connected to you know Ethereum, right? So how do you do that for all the chains, for all the Cosmos and all the you know EVM chains? And that, that you know, that's what we've done with a very simple architecture. So um, you know, what I view it is a step forward to have better developer and better user experiences where people you know don't have to think about bridging, don't have to think about moving their tokens. That would in turn, you know, enable us to have more users in the ecosystem. Because I think, you know, right now it's very painful if you have you like to play with an application. Oh, it's in a different chain. Oh, let me find a bridge. Let me move my token. It's a different token. You know, oh I need a wallet. I need to pay gas across all of those things. So all that stuff we can remove away. Right. And so you can have if you're a user of familiar you can just interact with Arbitrum, and vice versa. If you if you have an application on Arbitrum, you want to submit a request, and that request needs to be executed in an application in a Cosmos ecosystem. You'll be able to do that. So much, much simpler, you know, user experience. Much better, you know, li- liquidity properties. I think that's what you know it all enables the
0: so, Sergey, the, the, when I said like Bankless has previously been critical about cross-chain bridges, I think it is that um, migration of tokens across chain is where we start to get scared. And I think I think we are in agreement yeah. in that philosophy. It's like that is where the insecurity comes from. Uh, and so this is the new strategy that axlars pioneering is not token transfers, but data transfers. So you call it general mes- uh, message pass- passing to just allow Chains to talk to each other, communicate messages to each other, not share assets with each other, and so I think it's it's uh, it's uh, saying that this is the new way to do interoperability is to not not share share assets but but share data. How does one actually achieve a fully expressive level of interoperability if only data can be passed? So you, you, the way that you and Zachy are talking, uh, it's uh, it's as if the full vision of interoperability is equivalent in this world. Are there any trade-offs in just like the message passing versus token passing world? And do we actually get the fully expressive interoperability world that we would get if we had secure token passing too?
2: I mean, you can build secure, um, But yeah i'll say briefly i'm taking it head on uh you you can build token transfer as an application on top of general message passing right so if you want to transfer tokens you know you can build that as an application you should have you know robust security there maybe rate limits and so on and so forth so that you can do and so i guess what general message passing allows you is to go you know sort of beyond that like like we said right um and sort of the analogy that i like using right is we traditionally move the liquidity to where the application logic lives, right? And that's what creates like the painful experiences, fragmentation. You can still do all of that if, you know, if you want to move liquidity and like build a bridging application. But, um, you know, with this new software paradigm through general message passing, you can move the application logic to where the tokens are execute that logic and then return the result back to the user's wallet okay so i submit it with my wallet on like cosmos chain the transaction is executed on arbitrum and i get result back to my wallet Liquidity like is not moved it's the interaction that we have you know um w- w- within it so you can build it gives you kind of a you know you, you know in Ethereum right I think everybody knows that EVM is sort of Turing complete right meaning that you can build anything and so with general message passing it's sort of Turing complete way to compose you know chains and ecosystems that you can build anything and you know bridging could be one of the applications if you really feel like it but it doesn't get you the same level of experience.
0: Sure, Zachy, you were going to add something?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that right now the user experience that is most familiar to most users, most capital, is like the EVM, like the MetaMask Gnosis Safe type experience, right? Um, And That's primarily an experience that you want, you know, you want to be able to give. Um, So like when you interact with sommelier, you don't, you know, you don't know about the Cosmos side really as a user of real ETH or real and the same thing will be true for our Arbitrum strategies, right? Like you'll interact with all of them from MetaMask. You'll, you know, it'll feel like a complete, it, it always feels like a completely native Arbitrum or uh, experience, but you're getting all of these benefits sort of behind the scenes. And I think that that kind of application paradigm, and you think about how much more accessible it makes everybody uh, it to, to be able to like embed like, we need to be able to move away from this like current world where like, when you want to do something like every time you want to like access something new in blockchain, it's like, okay, I got to like learn a new wallet, learn a new ecosystem, learn new block explorers, learn everything. Right. It's too much. Um, the sommelier version of multi-chain has been like, you get all, you get on, you're getting these enormous benefits of it just get expressed as better yields from the multi-chain world. But mm-hmm. You're just like your user experience, what you know. You know, you can go look at a sommelier strategy on D-Bank, see where the assets are allocated. You can, you know, you can, your transactions are all on Etherscan. You know, this is what the world would people want.
0: Learning about crypto is hard. Until now, introducing Metamask Learn, an open educational platform about crypto, Web3, self-custody, wallet management, and all the other topics needed to onboard people into this crazy world of crypto. Metamask Learn is an interactive platform with each lesson offering a simulation for the task at hand, giving you actual practical experience for navigating Web3. The purpose of Metamask Learn is to teach people the basics of self-custody and wallet security in a safe environment. And while Metamask Learn always takes the time to define Web3-specific vocabulary, it is still a jargon-free experience for the crypto-curious user. Friendly not scary. MetaMask Learn is available in 10 languages with more to be added soon and it's meant to cater to a global Web3 audience. So are you tired of having to explain crypto concepts to your friends? Go to learn.metamask.io and add MetaMask Learn to your guides to get onboarded into the world of Web3. You know Uniswap, it's the world's largest decentralized exchange with over $1.4 trillion in trading volume. You know this because we talk about it endlessly on Bakelist. It's Uniswap, but Uniswap is becoming so much more. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap Mobile Wallet Safe, simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. There is a link in the show notes. So Stephen, you've been patiently waiting for us to arrive at the Arbitrum part of this conversation. From the from the Arbitrum perspective, uh, if you could, if you, if one could speak for the protocol, why would the Arbitrum protocol be interested in this? Like, what's exciting from the Arbitrum side of things?
1: Yeah, I think from a from a technology perspective, you know, I think it's all about access. Which is, I don't want to repeat the the, the points that have been made, but the idea is there are different um, ecosystems with different properties and allow you to do different things. And the question is, are these siloed, uh, or can you access one from another? And you know, to, to Zaki's point, point, um, you have the sommelier How did I do there? Just kidding. Uh, you have the sommelier, um, um similar Cosmos chain, and that, and that that has some really nice capabilities. For example, I think you know one of the things that I that I'm uh, uh, most excited about is the ability to ingest private data and, and use that to inform these strategies and um now the question is um so you have these strategies you have this data these strategies what can you access there i think that's where axelar is helping oh now you can access the arbitrum ecosystem you can access the, this as well and um, you know fundamentally um you know bridging is 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 really really important and actually so i'll talk about the arbitrum rollup bridge for a second Um, many people don't know this, but that's also just the bridge between the native bridge and Ethereum and Arbitrum is a general message passing, passing bridge, which most people you just use to to bridge tokens, but obviously there's a lot more, uh, to explore when you, when you look at general message passing, uh, be it between Ethereum and Arbitrum be it in other ecosystems. And, um, yeah, I think some of the real, really important value here in, in connecting these different chains in, in these different Technologies is um not being siloed and having the ability to uh via you know s- securely that's the key word here and that's where the you know um you know the good questions you're asking David um uh of course and I think that's uh you know us uh, Sergey's uh, focus here is to securely be able to to bridge and access uh, these different ecosystems because uh you know just two things one is like there are different levels of, of, ex- of expressiveness, different ideas of what you can do. You know what you can do with private data. You, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do directly in in these ecosystems. Also, the the idea that you just want to access multiple ecosystems from your strategy. I think these are all really important. I think from, um, you know, the arbitrum uh, from technology perspective, it's nice to have uh, to be open and accessible from from these different environments. And and, and also, I'll just say one more thing on a multi chain. Uh, you know, a multi-chain vision that I have, which is, you know, we get very focused here or I get very focused on like, you know, the values that I care about, which is, you know, security and decentralization. And that's obviously what led to a lot of decisions that um, off-chain made early on when it was, you know, um, uh, initially designing the arbitrary technology or I was doing back when I was with Ed and Harry at Princeton. Um, that doesn't mean though that we have to ignore the fact that there are others that make different decisions. And I'm not talking about um, any of us here. I'm talking about some others say, other layer ones or other layer twos that have different properties. Um, they can have different values and different decisions that allow them to make a different set of trade-offs. They're, it's all trade-offs. So there are always pros and cons, but the idea of being able to uh, talk to each other is still valuable, right? You don't always have to be so maxi and say, it's either you believe in our set of values and and and, and interact here or else, you know, get away from us. It's like, no, okay, you have, you know, this environment and there's this other environment and um, there's a different set of properties in them. Maybe this maybe security, but can we bridge these? And I think Axelar via you know is 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 uh, you know one of the great a great, uh, great project that's working on exactly solving this problem. And Smilier is uh, um, one of the first users, or the perhaps the first user of this particular integration that's showing the power uh, that can happen when you um, grant this access from one ecosystem to another.
0: So the, the image that I have in my mind about how this is, uh, I, I I try and turn these into like visual metaphors just because I understand the, those better. And so we have the uh, the Ethereum multi-layer two landscape. I, I always kind of view it as a tree with the tree trunk as the base layer and then it branches out to the layer twos and then a layer threes on top of that. And then we have the philosophically aligned version of the Cosmos mesh network app chain system, which is like a, like a, like a bush or like a mycelial network. Mycelial network is a really important metaphor because What I'm seeing with Axelar here is that we are actually seeing the first cross connections, the first bridges uh, being made between the Arbitrum layer two and the Cosmos Mestre network. I don't know if you call it a layer one, but the flat landscape of chains. Uh, And so uh, this, and and Sergey, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea here is that this starts with GMP, the general message passaging, it starts with data as perhaps just like the small thread of connection that connects these two endpoints, but the, I'm assuming that it grows from there and it becomes a more robust than just data and can the the actual threads can actually combine in a more robust way. That's my intuition. Uh, can you reflect on the accuracy of that metaphor and make, maybe perhaps they it make it a little more tangible for us?
2: Yeah, no, so you're right, right? Like, so kind of a, the. The data itself that you can pass right can be like i said sort of arbitrary right uh, and so when i guess like when you when you talk about reinforcing what can be done is that where we, you know this is where we rely on builders like Samalia right to actually build the application logic into that data right so you know performing those types of uh, you know cross-chain calls um you know and axel will help you um uh, facilitate all of the communication in parallel right I guess just, just to add one more thing to, I think, what Steven said, right? Like, I think why it's important, um, you know, to interoperate these ecosystems is to really allow innovation to continue to happen across the software stacks, right? I think we're still in the early days. I think there's still a lot of decisions to be made on how to scale. There's still a lot of decisions to be made, like how EVM should evolve, a lot of decisions how Cosmos should evolve, right? And so the interoperability between that means that, you don't, you know, you can innovate, sort of any way that you want within Cosmos stack. You can innovate any way you like your application within the Arbitrum stack, right? But they can all still be kind of composable and, and, and talk to one another. And uh, yeah, kind of as more Cosmos chains, right? Like use the sort of the Axelar for the general message passing. You know, you can think of them as more connections being made right through the Axelar, and then Axler helps facilitate that with Arbitrum. So lots of data passing and on Arbitrum, you have a lot of applications that can consume the data from all of the Cosmos ecosystem through, you know, what we call like as a gateway smart contract. So you can talk to one contract and you have access to, you know, now like del- or hundreds, right? Of Cosmos chains for, for free essentially, right? So that's and kind of a one connection, but many to many on both sides of the equation.
0: And, and Sergey, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the way that this works is that if you can connect an EVM chain like Arbitrum to a non-EVM chain, like anything in Cosmos, uh, can't you do anything like you that's those are just two language types yep. like you could do other language types as well correct
2: correct yeah we are already working with a lot of you know different uh layer ones right so stellar you know uh we're working with uh, kind of suite right like those so integration so pretty much anything that um yeah kind of has a smart contract capabilities can connect with excellent and that was one of our requirements right uh, as we were designing the protocols to make sure we can plug and play interoperability right so don't require any changes from layer one or layer two be able to come in and just serve a plug and play make sure the protocol is like as light as possible you know requires as little effort as possible to integrate and uh, um you know again like um, that's very important i think in this phase of the ecosystem to allow innovation to happen across languages across settlement layers right across consensus protocols um, and having this sort of plug and play approach that you can talk with, you know, any different language or a virtual machine is, um, you know, pretty important. And that's what we're following.
0: Okay, so I hate to get fixated on the bridge conversation, but just like, remind me one more time about the security model for Axelar and how it's compared to to bridges in the past. Like we, we've seen the the wormhole hack, we've seen the Nomad hack, we've seen the Ronin bridge hack. Uh, we have... Cross chain bridge hack PTSD. And so I really want to just like drill down into this. Like, what's the security model for Axelar and, and what's this de- defense against uh, something like this?
2: Yeah. So, security models that Axel compared to a lot of the protocols that you mentioned is actually fully decentralized network, right? So, it's not relying on a small like multi sig, like three out of five or whatever was the, the Ronin hack where the keys got compromised, right? It's a decentralized network where you have lots of validators that are collectively processing all the cross-chain messages, right? And so what that means is that, you know, from a security side, you have security that backs, you know, the same model as backs a lot of like layer ones on their own, right? So layer ones have a decentralized validator set that sort of secures and processes and you get security through, you know, having a consensus, right? And so that's what Axler is. It's a kind of a security through a decentralized open and, you know, permissionless validator set augmented with a lot of robust engineering and a lot of like application layer, you know, security features, right? Like, right, like rate limits, if you want to do a bridging application, right, or things like that. Uh, But it all starts at the very core, which, you know, you have to have the right sort of decentralized design um, to be able to diversify software deployments, to be able to, uh, you know, encourage as many participants as possible and not have a closed, you know, multi-sig between a few people.
0: So does that that makes it sound uh, something similar to like Ren Protocol, where it, it was a decentralized network of uh, of nodes, along with a native token that would do a lot of cross chain infrastructure. Is it spiritually are we in the correct area?
2: Yeah. So I haven't looked at like the Ren fully design. I mean, I'm not sure if their validator participation was fully decentralized, that anybody could actually join and anybody could participate. Um, but but yes, like you know, in principle, if that's what they're doing, then yes. Okay. Cool.
0: Okay. And so, like the 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 main question is like, man, like, why didn't we get here sooner? So, uh, I mean, the the a lot of the cross chain layer uh, cross chain bridges were just like multi sigs, right? And so, kind of egregious in hindsight. Um, but it really, just seems to be the the main the main big novel parts about Axelar is that it's hooked into a pre existing ecosystem that stood stood the test of time, being IBC and Cosmos, uh, and it's leveraged this general messaging as like the base level of cross-chain bridging. And then it's it's done just a lot of, I'm assuming, technical engineering lifts to get to the point where it's been able to connect the EVM to IBC and then also all the other chains. So th- this is my mental model of uh, so far uh, as a
2: result of this episode. Is that right? Yeah, I think that, that sums it up. Um, yeah, and I think you know the one thing that I just want to add, right, is that kind of like, even if you have general message passing or things like that, you, you still have to think about how do you build the types of application experiences that we talk about, right? So when you know when when a user submits a transaction, similar, like how do you make sure it actually gets executed on Arbitrum, right? Like who's going to pay gas there and things like that. And so you know we've augmented kind of the, the the network itself with a lot of services that allow you to do those things, right? And so um, I think the developer experience building in a multi-chain world is very very different you have you know asynchronous message passing and you have execution on remote chains and things like that so you actually have to build you know a lot of services around these um core protocols to make sure the experience is like as seamless as possible right and that's sort of you know the, the the final piece that we're working on is is uh, actually building the types of tooling that developers needs to build these types of applications
0: and Sunny, if we can uh, put the Cosmos hat on, just w- how would you, when we zoom all the way back out uh, and view Cosmos both as a a um, an ecosystem of many many chains and also a long term project that started, I think, sometime in like 2016 or 2017, what what does this technology mean for Cosmos? How does it fit into the whole
3: Cosmos vision? So, I mean, there's no one Cosmos vision, but my Cosmos vision is has always been the sort of. Cosmos Ethereum merger vision, right? Um, you know, the success of Ethereum L2's Arbitrum, OP stack have kind of brought the like toolkit for building blockchains, uh, innovation marketplace that Cosmos already is conceived of to the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, the And, you know, there's also, you know, with eigenlayer things like ideas of like sort of subsetted validator sets, you know, uh, 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 like sort of, uh, you know, partial, you know, shared security, all of these things. So like, there's just been this general sort of convergence that I've believed in for a really long time of, you know, Cosmos ideas, Ethereum ideas into the one, like ultimately, like we're not here to, I'm not, I don't care if like Adam is is like the most valuable token or or like what the price of ETH is. Like ultimately we're here to build a secu- like a, uh, a secure infrastructure for, for the entire world, right? That's the ultimate goal. And so to me, it's always been about like, how do you blend these, like all of these different technology ideas to get to that? And so like, to me, the vision is Cosmos, Ethereum, it's all one thing uh, ultimately for the users. Um, and the users are just getting like robust, secure financial primitives and other you know interactions, transactional primitives um, that like they couldn't get anywhere else. Um, and so, you know, in the ordinary world, if you wanted to have something like, you know, sommelier, you'd be, you know, sending your money to a hedge fund. Um, and instead you have like a decentralized secure system that like protects its users, um, from like strategists going, you know, off the rails, doing anything malicious. Um, it's actually able to have a coherent security model, but allows for extracting alpha that you wouldn't be able to get it.
0: Stephen, part of the, uh, the recent uh, Arbitrum announcement was not only the launch of the Arbitrum DAO that made everyone very excited, but um, the idea of multiple Arbitrum chains being built in a stack. Uh, and so we got layer twos and we got the layer threes and everyone loves all the chains. Uh, how just from now that Arbitrum is on like kind of the receiving end of Somlier, Somlier. gosh, I'm so sorry, Zachy, Uh, sommelier and, and the interoperability efforts from, from Axelar. Is there like, how, how is all of these chains going to interoperate with the Axelar bridge? And overall, what is the net, net effect upon Arbitrum, Uh, AKA like, why is this bullish for Arbitrum?
1: Yeah. So, so a few things uh, to, to be said. First of all, I think, you know, just, Getting um you know more access to Arbitrum. You know, I think the fact that this starting off with Arbitrum is very, you know, it's a good sign for for Arbitrum and you know the strength of the ecosystem. And that's where you know a lot of the strong DeFi is. So you know it's it's exciting to see that the you know, decision has been made to expand to Arbitrum first. But when it comes to the um L2s and other L3s, so yeah, it's a great question, which is like, so how do those fit into the to the bridging uh, environment, if I understand? And then like um how how basically, you know, will they use Axelar or something else? So um, the answer is like, a, I think a little bit of both, Um, you know, there, there is some um, particularly when it comes to layer three chains, Arbitrum orbit chains, there is um, the ability for these things to talk together to a little more natively, Um, so to actually have some native uh, interaction. So in a rollup, for example, in Arbitrum, you know, the, there, there, there's a, there's a few out there that says all oh, roll up, sorry, is a, is a bridge right so um you know there's just like uh one, one of the framings of what roll-ups are or what chains are even more generally and um you know so there there is you know the Arbitrum obviously has a direct bridge to to ethereum um and, and one of the interesting things though is um okay but what about these other chains what about two Arbitrum chains right today there's Arbitrum one Arbitrum no but can they talk together so today they don't talk together um better than that, right? They can talk together via Ethereum. So there is room and there there are these fast bridging solutions that go ahead and talk to one another, um, you know, can can bridge that gap. I think over time, um, there are opportunities to develop technology that can allow different layer threes to talk together um, more broadly or different layer twos to talk together um, uh, more, more, you know, more directly connected, but you will have, that will always only be like you know, in the same family of technology, but if you want to reach past that, say to get to the Cosmos ecosystem, say to get to the um, you know to other ecosystems, you're going to need uh, interoperability solutions that don't have those same native properties and or don't have those same native abilities. And those, are, I think, are going to be very important. One other thing, we know which I will all mention, which I think is very interesting. Um, not not to digress too much into the uh, into the optimistic uh, or the roll up wars, but. One really one thing that comes up a lot with rollups, people like to talk about the benefits between like different types of rollups, and bridging is one of those that that comes up right away. You know, people say, well, zk rollups have a faster bridging, which is which is uh you know it, which is true, right? If the if the proofs are faster, it's not instant. It's usually hours to, to days, to hours to half a day or so, depending on on the rollup. But I think what people miss, and what this show actually highlights, is that's looking at a very very narrow bridging uh, example, right? When you talk about bridging from Ethereum to a rollup, um, people like to focus very much. But in a multi-chain world or a cross-chain world or whatever the term you want to use, um, both zk rollups and optimistic rollups or any type of rollup that want to access other ecosystems or other or go across the, the boundary, not just to the chain that they're built on, are going to have to rely on uh, other other bridging uh, technologies. Um, they can be more native. They can be um, third party technologies, they can be Axelar, um, and they're all going to be kind of thing important to this, to this big ecosystem. So um, you know, from an off-chain technology perspective, I think, you know, interoperability is the frontier right now. Um, and this is uh very, very exciting to uh to to see today's announcement.
0: Well, Zachy, Steven, Sergey, I really appreciate you guys uh, walking me through the the story here. And so, Sergey, I'll I'll let you end it here. Uh, If listeners are piqued and they want to learn more about this, maybe they're a developer and they want to open up the docs or they're just a a user and they want to use, uh, where ought they go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a good starting point is just to go to Axel.network website, you know, and from there, you can find links to Discord. We have, uh, you know, developer channels uh, um, and you can find links to the docs. So it's docs.axel.dev and you can take it from there.
0: Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. Like always, Bankless Nation risks and disclaimers. Crypto is risky. ETH is risky. DeFi is risky. Cross-chain bridges probably are still risky. Yeah, at least they are headed in the right direction. You can lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we are glad you are with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot.